Welcome to episode 200 of the Rugby League Republic podcast with your hosts, Tish and Dr. T. In this special big bicentennial episode of the podcast, we celebrate our 200th podcast of the Rugby League Republic by taking a look back at some of our favorite topics, what we've learned, and much, much more. Join us as we build a rugby league community for all. The Rugby League Republic podcast for the 200th time starts right now. Welcome to episode 200 of the Rugby League Republic podcast, where we aim to bring you the everyday fans' perspective on the greatest game of all, Rugby League. This is Rugby League for the people. I'm your co-host, Dr. T, and joining me is Tish. Tish, we have made it to 200. How are you feeling? Oh, Dr. T, I am feeling bicentacular. Bicentacular, <laughs> is that the best way to say it? I, I'm, I'm not too sure, but... Happy bicentennial anniversary there, Dr. T. Um, you know, we're out here in our t- tuxes, drinking our champagne, um, you know, uh, and celebrating a milestone in any podcast. Uh, you know, 200 episodes. I mean, that's a lot of, uh, you know, that's a lot of talking. It's a lot of uh, coffee drinking. A lot drinking, of hours. A lot of hours. A lot of pain, sweat, and tears. Um, and... Uh, yeah, look, when we started the show, did you did you think we'd get past five? I don't think we did. So the fact that we got <laughs> to two hundred shows that we've got something. So so here here to the rugby league Republican two hundred, Dale Doctor T. Thank you very much, Tish. Look, we are in bit of a celebratory mood. We're going to focus uh, our big two hundredth big bicentennial episode on uh, taking a look back at everything that you, you know that that has made us what we are. Uh, made this podcast what it is uh, yeah. over 200 episodes. We've certainly gone through quite a lot of different uh, different things and different uh, events, life events that have shaped um, rugby league, has shaped our podcast, and we just can't wait to get into it and and take a look back and reminisce. And that's what this is all about today. So hopefully, uh, you know, sit back, relax, uh, make sure you got your seatbelt on. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a bumpy ride, but look, Tish. Before we launch into it, we've got um we've got a bit of a three parter here. We're going to talk about different things, but it it uh, look we we need to talk about something a, a big event that's happened in rugby league uh, in the rugby league fraternity. Bit of a sad occasion, but we I think we need to sort of call out. Uh, unfortunately, during this past week, uh, rugby league NRL immortal. Bob Fulton has unfortunately passed away at the age of 74 after a long battle with cancer. Uh, Tish, uh, you've, you've found some very interesting stats about about Bob Fulton and, and how dominant he was in his era in the 70s as he was uh, playing for Australia. But do um, you want to take us through some of that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Dr. T, yeah, look, very sad news to hear about Bob Fulton. He was an absolute legend of the game. Um, he is actually one of the, the original immortals. So there was the original four immortals, which was uh, Graham, uh, well, sorry, Clive Churchill, um, yep. John Raper, 
um, uh, Reg Gaznia and Bob Fulton. Uh, and that was originally in 1980 where that was released. And uh, Bob Fulton actually retired in 1979. Um, so only a year after he had actually become uh, retired was he named an immortal, uh, which is something that can never happen ever again. So he is the closest thing to an actual player being immortalized as a rugby league player. So that shows you the type of character that Bob Fulton was, um, you know, as a rugby league player. But look, basically he, his position was five eighth and center, you know, he played for clubs such as West Wollongong. Um, and then uh, obviously most famously with Manly between 1966 to 76. Um, he did spend some time in England um, uh, during 69 and 70 for Warrington. And then he came and played for Eastern Suburbs between 1977 to 1979. Um, it's actually where he actually started his coaching career as well. Um, but looks sticking with his playing career, he had, um, you know, 16 games for New South Wales. He played over 20 tests. Well, he played 20 tests for Australia, um, seven as captain and was involved in 15, uh, world cup matches. Uh, as far as a coach, he was a phenomenal coach as well. He, uh, obviously coached, uh, the Eastern suburbs, um, as a coach between 80 to 82 after captain coach in, in like the earlier years. Um, and, uh, yeah, had a 62%, uh, you know, rate. Then he also coached Manly between 83 to 88 um, with a 65% winning, chan- uh, winning uh, uh, you know, record. Then 93 to 99 with a 69% uh, record. So that's pretty phenomenal. He also had a, uh, you know, very famous honour of being a coach of Australia as well between 1989 to 1998. Um, you know, 39 times with an 82% win rate so bob fulton not only a legendary player a, a, an immortal but also an, an immortal coach as well um with with a great statistic um he's just done basically everything when it came to rugby league um you know look i never saw him play um i did see him coach um i've heard a lot of comments about what he made in the game and uh one of the things that i heard that was quite uh inspirational is that you know, his legacy is still, and his legacy and his influence is still on the game, even to today, to the point where Josh Schuster, uh, is it Josh Schuster? Um, he was actually a player scouted at the age of 14 by Bob Fulton for Manly. So he was still involved with rugby league right until the very end. And uh, yeah, you've, you've even got some really young superstars who owe their career to Bob Fulton. So an amazing, amazing man, an amazing career. And um our condolences to his family. And I believe the New South Wales government is actually uh, offered the family a state funeral service. So that kind of shows you the type of impact he's had. But uh, your thoughts there on Bob Fulton there, Dr. T? Yeah, I mean, look, you've you've kind of nailed it there in terms of his, uh, his playing performances, his coaching sort of um, performances as well, just top-notch, um, you know, on all fronts. And let's not forget he was a big sort of player in the media. He was also behind the scenes in, in the administration of the game, you know, famously um, a selector for the New South Wales Blues and Australia um, as well at different times. Um, and and he also, I mean, he was also famous for having a bit of a run-in with the referees. I mean, th- there was that famous comment that he made about <laughs> against Bill Harrigan about um, what was the exact quote? It was it was to do with um, 
you know, he'd rather get hit by – he hopes he gets hit by a cement truck or something like that. Yeah. So it's a – you know, and that was obviously said in jest, but, he, you know, he's, people are remembering all these great stories about him and what kind of a character he was. But I guess the thing, the main thing is all of this sort of leads to him being very well respected as – as a uh, you know, a former player and a uh, someone with uh, you know, a, as an elder in the game, and basically, uh, you know, when when Bob Fulton sort of gave an opinion, people listened and um, with quite good reason because he had done it before and he's been successful, and you kind of listen to people who've who've done it before and have been successful, and um, you know. Look, very, very sad occasion. There was also this uh, uh, viral video going around on the internet where um, Greg Alexander, one of my favourite players, um, who is a commentator on Foxtel here in Australia, they there was a viral video where he found out basically uh, in real time, live, while he, they were uh, at a show, um, recording a show, that he, um, he found out that Bob Fulton, yeah, passed away and, and just Greg's reaction just says it all i mean he kind of was absolutely shocked and he was saying look i can't believe it i was just speaking to him about a month ago i spoke to him at a shop uh, we bumped into each other we we spoke for half an hour and that, that to me sort of says everything about what kind of a man he was um you know just uh, bumping into a, another former player and just kind of you know chatting for half an hour you know while you're doing shopping and and that's kind of he he kind of commanded that kind of respect from other people and other former players as well. So um, very sad to see um, that he had a, a battle with cancer and obviously was surrounded with by family and friends um, and not many people did know that he was battling cancer. Um, and, and yeah, Ray Hadley kind of announced it recently on the radio. Um, and so, yeah, very, very sad. But look, um, our thoughts and prayers are with uh, Bob Fulton's family um yeah definitely uh, the the rugby league fraternity um tips tips our hat to him because he's done so much for the game and and should be remembered as such so um yeah so we'll leave it there but yeah um let's move on now to the the rest of this podcast where we're going to again focus on our 200th episode um and we'll start with part 1 so we're going to kick off um part one with a, a spot of bicentennial trivia and uh in this in this case tish what you've done you've had a look at you know we you thought what are we going to do to kind of what kind of trivia could we get around the 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 topic of 200 so tish you decided to look at who were the 200th player uh to have represented each of the 16 nrl clubs so in their history. So this wasn't an easy feat. You did a bit of yeah. research here. Yes. But you you came up with some very interesting little facts. So yeah. uh, I'll leave it to you to tell us, uh, for each of the clubs, who was their 200th player? Thank you, Dr. T. And look, uh, 200 is a very difficult number to judge. You know, there's not a 200 club in the NRL because a lot of players reach that milestone fairly quickly these days. Um you know, like it's more like the 300 club and now it's the 400 club. Um, so that was difficult. And then, look, even in media, I'm actually quite disappointed at how uh, 200 is misrepresented in TV and film. Um, for example, you have the Netflix series The 100. Um, 
um, and you have like 100 Years and things like that on Netflix. And then you also have the movie 300, but uh, we've yet to see a movie called The 200 at all, uh, Dr. T. So, um, so it's yeah, kind of the, the forgotten ones, it, the forgotten it, of the hundreds. <laughs> it is the forgotten statistic, unfortunately. So, um, you know, you don't see a big celebration when somebody reaches 200 anymore. It's, uh, so I think we need to change that. So I thought let's, let's, let's honour the, the honour roll of the 200th player for every club. So, you know, for the Brisbane Broncos, uh, you know, the one-game superstar, Jordan Drew, um, you know, David Schroeder, seven-game veteran for the Canberra Raiders, Keith Hudson, a six-game uh, immortal, almost immortal in Keith Hudson. Uh, Sharks. For, for well, which team? Which team? Oh, sorry. The Canberra Bulldogs had Keith Hudson six games. Yep. Now, for the Cronulla Sharks, we've had uh, actually uh, Brian Noble, you know, wow. the English coach, played seven games for Cronulla and uh, was their 200th player. Uh, the Gold Coast Titans uh, have not had a 200th player yet. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, this is their fourth time trying to pull up a side, so we can forgive them for not getting 200 players. Now, number six is probably the star of, I'd say, the honour roll of 200 players. Max Krilich of the Manly Warringah Seagulls, 215 games. Uh, I believe he captained Australia as well at one stage, right, um, during the Invincibles uh, tour. Yeah. Um, so, so probably, yeah, so Max Krilich, 200 player. Good on you, Max. Uh, number seven, Brinko Lee for the Storm, um, who's gone on to play for other clubs now. The Warriors have uh, Raymond Fatala Mariner with 87 games. Um, uh, number nine, Richard Fire, so for the Newcastle Knights, I should say. Uh, and then, yeah, the Cowboys, Antonio Kafusi uh, with 228 games. So, and imagine, uh, like, you know, great career from the North Queensland Cowboys 200th player, Anthony Kafusi. Uh, you know, the Eels, uh, you're an Eels supporter there, uh, Dr. T. Do you remember the great games of Keith Rind? Um, no, no, I do not. In fact, I, th- I thought it was a typo when I saw <laughs> I didn't realise that we had a Keith Rind. Yeah, R-H-I-N-D. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. So, and look, uh, yeah, and look, uh, to, to continue on with these great players, we had for Penrith Panthers, their 200th player was Attili Tuza with two games. Uh, and funnily enough, uh, just missing out was Des Hasler, who, who uh, you know, was 199 play for Penrith Panthers. Uh, wow. The Rabbit- <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. And then look for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, um, you know, Eddie Henson, um, not Henson, like Henson Park. So not named after the park. It's a, <laughs> it's a different spelling. Um, Number 14, now, St. George Illawarra Dragons. Um, so not not the St. George Dragons of old. Technically, it doesn't count. So it's Tane Milne uh, with 20 games so far. And I think he's, uh, he's I think he's on the bench with another club at the moment. But, but there you go. And then the Roosters, Les Rogers, 98 games. And Les Rogers also played one game for Metropolis. Uh, and and I was thinking, who is Metropolis? Was what? was this was this a real place? But uh, before you know, in the city versus country, Metropolis was actually the name of city in the 1930s. Imagine that. That's crazy, right? Wow, that's awesome. Why don't we go back to that? Anyway, that's another topic. <laughs> that's another topic. Up there. And of course, the West Tigers, Matt McCurlrick, 
56 games. Obviously, uh, he was the uh, replacement for Robbie Farah um, when he went to South, and uh, that turned out spectacular for the West Tigers. So, look, Dr. T, uh, with that honour roll of fantastic players wow. <laughs> for 200, um, who stands out in, in that, in that honour roll there? Well, I think you've, you've mentioned it before. I think Max Krillich definitely. But I think, look, there's two things, two lessons that I've learned out of what you've just uh, researched there, Tish. You know, number one is uh, there's a reason probably why the 200s are the forgotten statistic <laughs> based on what you found. Yeah. And secondly, um, this Les Rogers playing for Metropolis has got me thinking, why don't we revive the city-country um concept by calling it metropolis versus smallville <laughs> well well i mean there you go and have have the superman kind of you know have superman kind of themed uh you know representative kind yeah. of uh jerseys or whatever you know anyway those are that's what i got out of that Metropolis. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. That's very interesting. I was something learned. I always learn something new with you, Tish, in every episode, and this is no exception. Well, so. well look, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll look. I was surprised too, and I was trying to figure out uh, how, to, like, why Metropolis and things like that, um, because I really wanted to know what the countryside was called if if they were called um, Metropolis, but I think they were called uh, New South Wales Country first. So unfortunately, not Smallville, but yeah. The name Metropolis was used since 1908, I think, all the way up until 1956. Wow, that's amazing. Oh, if, definitely should look that up. Um, yeah, is there is any why other... City Country died, you know, because uh, they, they changed the name. <laughs> that's, that's right. Um, all right, so are there any other two hundred special 200 trivia, trivia bits and bobs that you want to mention before we move on? Yeah, well, look, um, yeah, look, so I thought let's expand this research out since we've had such great success with that honour roll. So then, so when it came to NRL referees, Steve Carroll was the 200th referee for the NRL. Uh, 199 was Shane Hain and uh, Matt Chechen was 201. And uh, poor Steve only got one game uh, as well. So um, Wow. Again, <laughs> the, the forgotten statistic, 200. There, there you go. And then for Australia, obviously, you know, um, it was Eric Lewis uh, in 1935, played nine games for the Kangaroos. Um, Jared Hayne for New South Wales was their 200th player. Um, so obviously oh, wow. he had a fantastic, uh, you know, state of origin career. And David Fafida. Uh, in 2019, was the uh, 200th player for Queensland. It's interesting that there's actually a uh, what a 12-year gap between the 200th New South Wales player and the 200th Queensland player, which is quite a bit of a distance considering they both started at the same time, right? So, um, so that's interesting. How many extra players New South Wales have used? Wow. Uh, maybe there's something in that in terms of why uh, we haven't won <laughs> as many series as as Queensland. I think so. All right, that's awesome. Thanks for that. Trivia 200, obviously, uh, there's a reason why it's a tough sell. <laughs> <I think. laughs> yeah, that's right. That's 200 right. of anything, but there you go. Hopefully, we can uh, make amends for it today. Look, let's move on to part two of this uh, big bicentennial edition of the podcast. And this is our looking back on uh, our last 200 episodes. And uh, we thought we'd, we'd do three things. We thought we'd discuss some of our favorite topics, some of our lessons learned, and uh, what hasn't changed in our 200 episodes. 
And look, so for the last five and a bit years, since 2016, as you all know, we have been doing this podcast, Rugby League Republic. We've had a blast talking about all sorts of issues with the greatest game of all, Rugby League. And we're going to, like I said, we've got three sort of different areas that we're going to look at. Let's quickly go through our top 20, in no particular order, of each of these areas. So let's go for the first one. So our top 20 favourite topics. Now, obviously, Tish, there's lots that we have discussed in <laughs> over 200, well, over the 200 episodes. And uh, look, again, in no particular order, here are the top 20 things that we thought were um, some of our favourite topics. So number one is the Tigers are on the rise. So I think we we pretty much always talk about the fact that the Tigers are on the up and up. And, uh, you know, number two, Tigers in crisis. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, look, as much as we love talking about Tigers on the rise, we do love a Tigers in crisis. Yes. Um, we can't stop talking about it. I believe there are 100 episodes exactly of Tigers on the rise and equally 100 episodes <laughs> of Tigers in in crisis. Uh, and sometimes in the same episode. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes in the same episode. Yeah, you know, right. Within the same tackle at times as well. Uh, that's just, right. <laughs> yep. So so, so that's, uh, that's, that's the Tigers for you. Look, another one of our favourite topics, number three in our, on our list is my, Dr. T, my own low expectations of the Eels. Look, as much as I love the Eels being on the rise, I have to say I do love talking about everyone calming down a bit and not getting ahead of ourselves. So I do love talking about that. And number four, look again, if this was our actually done in the order, this will probably be up in the top three, or I would say, is our love-hate relationship with Cameron Smith. Look, as an Eels fan, I have to say I'm probably uh, um, the main culprit here <laughs> in in, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, always talking about Cameron Smith. But, uh, look, I have to say I have to say that, look, you know, definitely we, we do respect what he did on the field and et cetera, et cetera. But I, I think as an Eels fan and, and after what we've been through in 2009, I have every right to, to maintain a bit of scepticism about, uh, about Cameron Smith. So that was definitely something – that we uh, we we constantly talked about, and another player that we constantly talked about for for um, uh, some other reasons was Mitchell Pierce and his love of midfield bombs yeah. that go that go nowhere. And he used to do that all the time in uh, the Blues Origin teams, and and we certainly loved uh, pointing that out in case other people didn't realise. Um, Number six on our list is uh, trying to find the X Factor player in a team. So every time we talk about the spine, uh, we would always talk about, you know, which is uh, the player that organizes and also who's the X Factor. So we love talking about that. Number seven. I think deep down somewhere, you and I have a a deep affection for Cliff Lyons, the original X Factor. That's right. Um, And and I think we're always looking for the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the incarnation of of cliff lines in every team. So, yeah. Um, I mean, if there's a statue of Buddha out there, <laughs> if there was an equivalent in, in rugby league, it'd have to be a, a, a hugely moustached cliffy lions, in my uh, you know, with, with huge uh, Afro hair. And we just know that, <laughs> that he is that X factor. And this is what we're looking for in most rugby league teams. So, um, and, and the other, look, number seven on our list is International Rugby League. I mean, quite simply, we just love talking about International Rugby mm. League. We think it's uh, the way of the future. We need to 
increase our uh, our global reach through International Rugby League. So we love yeah. talking about it. We try to make the news when there's no news. Uh, <laughs> that's right. International Rugby League at times, but yes. Well, there's a lot happening. I mean, that's the thing. There's a lot happening and we don't often hear it. So I think that's a, it's our duty to kind of point that out no matter where it is around the world, where, where rugby league is being played at whatever level. Um, number eight on our list is the golden era of the early to mid-90s. Now, I've, I think I've talked about it almost every single time about when we've, especially when we've been talking recently about our rule changes and making the game faster, et cetera, et cetera. I always still look at the mid-90s and, and look at that as an example of, you know, they were definitely fast-paced games. They were definitely not doing the level of, uh, you know, slowing down the play the ball and wrestling that we've seen in the in the last 10 years. They also weren't as fast as what we've seen this year. And so, you know, this year we've talked mm. about the debate about have the rules made the game too quick? Well. I would say PVL and everyone else who wants a, a comparison, go back and look at some uh, games from the, the early 90s, uh, early to mid 90s, and, and you'll see the difference and why we, why I definitely call that era the golden era in terms of, it just seemed like the balance was right in terms of the game, yeah. level of toughness, but also speed and skill. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I think the force was with Cliff Lyons and he had a very balance to the force. Because that was the era that Cliff Lyons played, right? So That's um, right. And that's when he dominated. So absolutely. Um, look, number nine, the Super League War. Never forget. <laughs> we, all, <laughs> we, always, we always talk about that. Uh, you know, definitely uh, it still sort of touches on, on some of the, the decisions that are made nowadays and, and some of the, the, yeah. the side effects that we see in the decision making. Um, this show has definitely been our therapy on... Um, <laughs> Trying That's to recover right. from the trauma caused by the rugby league, super league war of the of the nineties that ruined the golden era and and I'm just getting quite teary thinking about it right now, Doctor C. So I think we need to move on. That's right. That's right. I still I still can't trust um uh, Cronulla because of this reason. <laughs> <laughs> Look, anyway, um, number ten in our list is uh, expansion of the game. I mean. You know, we obviously love talking about expansion. It it gets us interested in where where to next for rugby mm. league. So that's a huge one. Another thing I must admit, this is one of my little pet uh, favorite topics is uh, rugby league alternative names. Um, you know, we we all know that we've talked about this many times that. Uh, rugby league has a marketing problem. You know, r- people confuse it with rugby in some markets. Um, you know, we've seen rugby union uh, gazumping us in terms of, uh, you know, trademarking certain names. The term rugby league doesn't make sense sometimes when you really think about it. Um, you know, I think I've said in the past, um, you know, why not go use the NRL as the, uh, as the acronym? worldwide but call it northern rugby league so you still got rugby league but you've also got what we used to be called which was the northern union what we were originally called when we broke away from rugby union uh, or whatever it was known at the time so i think northern rugby league makes sense but again this is just my little pet thing and and uh yeah, the, it's it's one of those things that you'll see in rugby league forums as well that uh, people are talking about ideas. This is something that we, we uh, definitely talk about. Tish, do you have any thoughts on this before we move on? Well, I think um, I think we just need to get rid of the word rugby. 
Oh, no. What are we going to call it? Tackle. Well, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, six again. Six P- again. I reckon just call, it, just call it PVL. Just call it PVL. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Volandi's ball. I think that's... uh. <laughs> That's what we're headed to. So, so yeah. So we've we've swapped the war for a dictator. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, all right. Number twelve on our list is uh, of our favourite topics is who's the next next coach to get sacked. Oh, yeah. um, it seems to always happen every year. In fact, it's so much so that it's become one of our crystal ball questions, mm. <laughs> our predictions. You know, who's going to get sacked? And look, another thing that we love talking about, love, love, hate, uh, I must say, is uh, the refs and the bunker in the NRL. Definitely something that um, yeah. is a is perfect fodder for almost regular content. <laughs> I think um, we love to talk about how we hate to talk about the bunker. That's right, absolutely right. Um, and and similarly, number fourteen on our list is the NRL scheduling department. Um, we, we can't help whinging about how every single round there's always an issue and, and why did they do this? Why didn't they uh, think about this, et cetera, et cetera? So we love doing that. Yeah. We want uh, nothing short of perfection, guys. Perfection. Well, you know, and look, do, do the NRL scheduling department know how to use uh, Microsoft Excel? Because... <laughs> I think that can solve some of their problems. Um, you know, some basic Excel skills is what they need. Look, number 15 on our list is state of origin. Uh, even though it was made for Queensland, we still love talking about it from a New South Wales perspective. We just love talking about state of origin. Why wouldn't you? Mm. Um, and uh, number 16 on our list is actually the Latin Heat and other grassroots rugby league organisations. So we love talking about the fact that there are groups out there that uh, have taken it upon themselves to grow grow the game internationally from the grassroots level. We just love the fact that that's yeah. – and we'll always call that out um, and, and yeah. provide support as much as possible. And I like to call it the indie rugby league scene, you know, a bit of the uh, – Nice. Know, the, it's uh, like grun- the grunge scene. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, uh, the, the alternate lifestyle, the um, – you know, um, you know what? What are those uh, people? The, the hipster movement. Oh no! Of <laughs> don't, don't go there. <laughs> now you're insulting all these grassroots. You call them hipsters? No, no, no. Okay. All right, all right. No, no, no. But we just love the fact that there, uh, there's people out there often volunteer voluntarily um, putting in so much effort uh, to to build interest in their various communities. Number seventeen on our list is the salary cap. We just love talking about the salary cap changes that we'd make to it, all that kind of thing. The other thing, number 18, talking about the greatest players of all time, the GOATs. We just love talking about that as much as we can because, look, that debate topic keeps coming up, doesn't it? I mean, we've heard recently, you know, before even Cameron Smith retired, people were talking about him being the next immortal and all that kind of stuff. And we, look, we feel like we need to weigh into those kind of conversations because we, as fans, um, we feel we have a say. We have a right to have a say. So there you go. Another of our favourite topics is uh, COVID-19 and the effect that it's had on rugby league. Uh, It seems COVID-19 is obviously, we're still undergoing this issue worldwide, but certainly its impact on rugby league has been widely felt. And, you know, we look at what's happened with Toronto, um, all that kind of stuff. It has drastically changed 
the the trajectory of some really positive things in rugby league. And it's also changed other things that were were not really going anywhere. So COVID nineteen definitely up there. And look, finally, our twentieth item in terms of favorite topics is TV ratings and broadcast deals. Um, again, we love talking about the fact that Rugby League is a very well-known well uh, entity in terms of TV ratings, and we want to make sure that we get the most value out of it in terms of uh, money coming into the game so that we can do what we need to do. And some of that money can go to the grassroots as well. So those are our top 20 um, favourite topics. Let's go on to top 20 lessons learned. So. Here we go. Number one, uh, it is probably not the Eels' year this year. <laughs> that's that's something that we. <laughs> Number two, the tar- the Tigers can probably field a world beating ex Tigers juniors team. <laughs> that seems to always be the case. Number three, never discount the Melbourne Storm. Mm. Absolutely, never. Just when you think that, particularly if you're a salary cap auditor. That's right. No discounts to the no Melbourne Storm. No discounts to the Melbourne Storm. No super Storm. for you. Um, number four, never discount Cooper Cronk. That's mm. what we've learned. I mean, certainly just when he was written off towards the end of his career, he managed to pull off uh, a mir- that miracle grand final victory and, uh, you know, really a famous victory. Yeah. Uh, all and, because uh, of him. All because of him. And look, you know, two consulting jobs with two rival clubs, uh, you know, after he's retired, he's friends <laughs> with everybody. Fox Sports, friends of everybody at Fox Sports too. Probably only Cameron Smith hates him, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, and number five is uh, in, in lessons learned. Uh, rugby league can survive a pandemic and multiple rule changes at the same time. Yeah. So look, I know we're going through this discussion at the moment about uh, the rule changes. Is it too fast? What are the consequences? But realistically... Part of the reason why we're in this position now is because those rule changes were made at the time that we've just we just came back from a a self-imposed shutdown uh, of the game late last uh, middle of last year and or, or sorry early last year and and really look what's the lesson there is that that rugby league is really resilient like even during a pandemic and mm. multiple changes to its rules. Um, People still love the game and will will flock to it and support it no matter what. So yeah, and and I think rugby league can be a leading sport because it led the way um, past you know we were the first uh, you know brand of football to 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 re, restart right and um, you know there's there hasn't uh, I mean there's been players that have I think have gone outside the bubble but I don't think we've had any players being tested positive as of yet. Um, yeah. So, so that's remarkable, the leadership that Rugby League showed over that pandemic. I think it's very understated and just like always, something we've all probably also learned is Rugby League doesn't know how to market, how good, good it is sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so number six in our top 20 lessons learned is uh, that people like listening to our new special series, for example, The Greatest Rivalries and the Almost Fairy Tales. So that's really great to see. Number seven is that professional women's rugby league can work. Yeah. So again, this is just a new thing. It wasn't around when we first started, and now it seems that it's kind of uh, really become part of the the rugby league family and calendar, which is really great. Yeah. Um, another lesson, number eight, is that New South Wales State of Origin can't win more than two series in a row. 
<laughs> I'm like Queensland. <laughs> yeah. So look, you know, we try we try really hard, but unfortunately, we just don't have it in us to start a new dynasty, do we? Mm. <laughs> I, th- I think what happens is we're not as ruthless. So after two years, we kind of feel like, uh, you know, uh, right, you know, it, New South Wales win it twice, and then suddenly State of Origin is dying. Um, that that's what <laughs> happens, right? And then you're like, oh, and then Queensland will come back out of nowhere, right? So I think, I it's kind of a familiar story. Um, but yeah, we just have to, yeah, we have to get a bit more ruthless down uh, in New South Wales territory, I'd say. Absolutely. And speaking of, you know, impossible dynasties, um, the kangaroos, the Australian kangaroos, are beatable. And we saw oh, that yeah. last year with Tonga. So absolutely amazing. Um, number 10, Cronulla are no longer maidens. Mm. Number 11, Cowboys are no longer maidens. So, yeah. again, this is, uh, you know, we just they're not, they're not the easy beats anymore, put it that way. And number 11 and a half, Warriors are still maidens. Oh, that's that's true. Yeah, that's a lesson there. Um, number twelve, never discount South Sydney Rabbitohs. Now, you know, at the time that we started this podcast, they were riding high. Um, they had just come off a premiership win, but since then, they have actually capitalised on their on-field success with, uh, you know, very much by very much becoming. I guess you would say, look, overall in terms of. Uh, money, income, membership, etc. Probably the 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 biggest rugby league club in Australia. So this is, you know, at a time when uh, they had just sort of got that on-field success. Since then, look, they've just gone from strength to strength. Haven't repeated their on-field success, but definitely off the field, they are the biggest uh, rugby league club in Australia at the moment, which is pretty huge. Um, yeah, pretty big. All right, number thirteen. Ricky Stewart. <laughs> Lessons learned. Ricky Stewart has issues with his halfbacks. I mean, yep. if you didn't know that already, you're living under a rock because he's even like, what's the latest? Even today, what's happened today? Well, what happened today is George Williams, halfback of uh, Canberra Raiders, has been given his release effective immediately. Wow. Um. So, look, he basically told... Uh, the wellness officer, like um, that, he was going through some personal issues. So the Raiders have decided to release him. Um, he, apparently, he's been feeling homesick. Um, he had asked, like Williams has clarified, saying that he has actually hasn't signed his release yet. Um, so this is still an ongoing story. Um, he hasn't signed his release yet, and he didn't actually ask for a release immediately. He only asked one for the end of the year, so he go back to uh, his family in England. Um, but they've actually uh, they've actually terminated him effective immediately. Just uh, <laughs> unbelievable. So uh, he joins a list uh, of 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 <laughs> longer than what we've done here. The longer Aiden, list. Yes, yes. Aiden Caesar, Blake Austin, and who can forget Chris Sandow uh, <laughs> when Ricky Stewart was at the Eels. It's uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a trend. So anyway, wow. All right, number fourteen on our top twenty lessons learned is uh, each TV new each new TV broadcast deal seemingly is always a record deal. <laughs> so yeah, that's something that you know. Anytime we hear about a re- um, broadcast deal, you can bet your bottom dollar that it will be top dollar, a record deal. Number fifteen, don't mess with PVL. <laughs> we all this is a lesson to learn. Don't mess with him because he's got power. He'll do things. But number sixteen. 
always mess with NRL rules. <laughs> That's another <laughs> lesson which PVL seems to be not messing with. Mm. Um, he he's more than happy to kind of mess with the rules, and uh, this is why we've got all these other things to talk about. I can't wait till we start allowing forward passes. Or <laughs> it'll happen. It'll happen it'll, one day. It will happen soon. So yeah. And 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 helmets. Helmets are next, and then shoulder pads. That's right. And away we go. And, and then a round ball. Oh, no, here we go. Oh, no. And a net and a basket. All right. It's all it's all happening in rugby league. Look, uh, number 17 on our top 20 lessons learned, NRL CEO uh, Andrew Abdo is not short for Andrew Abdominal. That's good to know. Number 18, Cameron Smith will never retire. Well, actually, he has. But anyway, he, he will never go away. Put it that way. Number 19, Never discount Clive Palmer. Wow. So just when you thought Clive Palmer was a forgotten man in politics, he has come back with an incredible influence in rugby league, potentially getting Israel Folau and Tony Williams back into rugby league uh, in the Gold Coast A-grade competition, no less, uh, with a, a team that he funds. So there you go. Never discount him. And finally, yeah, I think the top- team is called the uh, Gold Coast Tweets. <laughs> Tweet heads. Tweet uh, heads, yeah. <laughs> all right. And to- number 20 in our top 20 lessons learned, never discount Benji Marshall. I mean, if there's one thing that's happened this year is he's proven that age is only a number to Benji Marshall. Yes. And 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 uh, he's not good with numbers, so he just yeah. he just he just sidesteps those numbers. Put it that I'd way. say never discount Benji Marshall, but you could always buy him at a discount. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Touche. All Touché. right, all right. In our next top twenty, we've got top twenty things that haven't changed since our first episode way back in 2016. So here we go. Um, number one, we love talking expansion. Obviously, uh, number two, we still think rugby league should change its name. <laughs> yep. We talked about that before. Number three, we are still terrible tippers. That hasn't really changed. We haven't got better. Uh, I think we've as time worse, has gone so maybe that we've has. gotten worse. Number four, what hasn't changed? The Eels still haven't won a premiership since the eighties. <laughs> That's I'm very sad about that. Number five, the NRL still hasn't expanded. Yep, we still still talking about Perth and Adelaide, and that's right. You know. And we're even contemplating, you know, maybe 14 aside, 15 aside. We're trying to find expansion in any way possible. That's 100 right. minutes, 180 minutes, but just, yeah, no expansion around. Yeah, I mean, I think the end, the end in NRL, people have been talking about, why is it called national if it's not really got a national footprint? Well, maybe it's called not expanding rugby league. Mm. Maybe that's what the end stands for, not going to expand. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. The NRL still shoots itself in the foot. You know, it still makes decisions that boggle the mind. Uh, number seven on our list is NRL players are still misbehaving. So, look, if there's anything that we can take away from this is that even if nothing happens on the field, you can guarantee that NRL players will cause scandals off the field, enough so that we, you've always got something to talk about in every yeah. podcast episode that we have. Number eight, Benji Marshall is still destroying defences. And number nine, yes. Benji Marshall is still missing tackles, unfortunately. So that hasn't really changed. You know, you can rely on him to get your points, but he's still a bit of a turnstile in defense. Yeah. That hasn't so look, changed. 
just 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 to be clear, we're not talking about um, fences. We're talking about defenses. So uh, everybody, it's okay. He's not going to do- destroy your fence. It's defense, which he is uh, a master at. But unfortunately, he is a turnstile when it comes to his tackles. <laughs> Um, but but probably better than James Maloney. Maybe maybe, maybe these two should go head to head in a uh, in a um, like you know getting past challenge or something like that. <laughs> a game of bull rush, just one on one. Let's see who who's the biggest turnstile. Look, and you talk about defenses and not fences, but look, someone who would be smashing fences is number ten, Ricky Stewart. He is still cranky. He hasn't ch- he hasn't mellowed out at all. He's still cranky. Yeah. Uh, after all these years, so there you go. And I look, believe he is eating the same piece of gum he has since he was playing. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> it is the hardest, gro- gro- grossest piece of gum that you will ever see. But there you yeah. go. And I'm not too sure. I heard this today. I mean, you might be able to clarify this, Doctor T, in your field of research. But apparently, chewing gum is supposed to calm your mood. Um, but it's not working. That's because uh, Phil Mickelson <laughs> won the golf tournament. And he owes it down to being able to stay calm because he's been chewing a lot of chewing gum. Well, but- it can also cause jaw issues, so <laughs> it could also make him more. <laughs> it, it, he should have the the sharpest jawline in rugby league, Ricky Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> um, number eleven, Jeff Tuvey still wants an investigation. So there you go. That hasn't really changed. Number 12, the NRL scheduling department is still terrible. We still keep talking about it. It still happens Mm. um, almost every year. uh, There's always something that we have to complain about. They're so bad at scheduling. They haven't even figured out when they will meet. (laughs) That's right. They don't even know if they... (laughs) That's right. That's right. I mean, they're waiting for the guy to to load Excel on their laptop. You know, Mm. like that's what they need. Number 13... uh, on what hasn't changed. Wayne Bennett is still a master coach. Yeah, that's right. You know, he's he's still being sought after as that master coach that everyone looks up to. Number well, 14. I sorry, you go. Proven, I think Wayne Bennett has proven he can actually coach while he's still, while he's asleep because sometimes he is asleep when, when he's watching his deep play. Look, sometimes I wonder if he knows uh, which players are on the field, you know, like he's, you know, but good on him. He's still a master coach. Uh, number 14, Phil Gould is still disliked <laughs> by so many people. So many people. Um, number 15, in a related story, Laurie Daly still hasn't found his chair. Remember that time, remember the time that Laurie... <laughs> it's such a one of the best viral videos is that uh, that video of Phil Gould uh, <laughs> sitting in Laurie Daly's chair at, uh, at a State of Origin game. Oh, that was awesome. Number 16, Newcastle are still rebuilding. Uh, it seems like that still hasn't changed. They're still in the rebuilding phase. Calm down, everyone. It's uh, year five of a 10-year plan. Uh, there you go. <laughs> That's right. Number 17, we still can't understand Andrew Johns in the commentary. I mean, he is he flip-flops his opinion sometimes. Uh, it's hard to keep track with him. Um, number 18. And things West, have not got, gotten better with SBW there as well. Well, they, yeah, that doesn't help either. And and they were going to coach uh, the Samoan side. So that's going to be very interesting. Half the players <laughs> won't be able to understand what they're saying. Anyway. Number 18, West Tigers still haven't made the finals. Oh, yeah. Tish, this, this one's for you, mate. I mean, look, we can talk about the Eels, but what's up with the Tigers? They can't, they, they're always ninth. They never come eighth. What's going but, on? 
That's right. Well, look, we did come tenth last year, so <laughs> that's not just going change the, it up a bit. Yeah, not change it up a bit. But look, uh, yeah, the Tigers. Uh, it's been it's been a decade of disaster, really. Um, so yeah, so we haven't I haven't been to the final since I think 2011. Um, uh, so yeah, which is when um, you know uh, Marshall and uh, and Robbie Farrell were at the height of their height of their powers. But uh, since then, we haven't been able to do it. Um, I think ever since we got rid of Tim che- Tim Sheens, and uh, it's interesting enough, like you know, they first entered the competition in two thousand, and it only took them five years to win their first one. So, um, but that's the only one we've won so far. So that's yeah, cra- crazy at the moment for the West Tigers. But let's let's hope that twenty twenty one. Oh, sorry, 2022 can be the year because I think 21's already gone for them. So, yeah. Oh, is, is it really? I think they're still in it. So, there you uh, go. I'm not there's still sure. time. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how they go. So, yeah. All right, number 19 in our list of things that haven't changed. Paul Gallon still can't pass the ball <laughs> or, or won't pass the ball. Number 20, finally, the bunker still can't get it right. So, you know. After all these changes and rule changes and things and putting more people in the bunker, they still can't get it right. I don't know what's going on. You may as well just put a blind person there. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. Well done. So, look, those are the 20 things that haven't changed since our first episode. And, look, that's that's conclude, the con- that concludes part two of our Big Bicentennial uh, podcast where we've taken a bit of a look back but look, we're going to finish off our episode by uh, this is part three. We're going to look. We love giving awards, and uh, it's a special occasion. Two hundred episodes by our big bicentennial episode. So we thought we'd give out awards for things that define our podcast. And uh, you know, I think it's fair to say we've done these things probably over two hundred times each. Uh, so at least once an episode, these issues come up. So Tish, without any further ado, I'm going to um, I'm going to read out the the awards, what they are, and our nominations, and then I'm going to ask you to anoint the winner of each of these awards. So so stick with us. Uh, here we go. Here's the first award: is the Super CC Award for the top thing that we've done over 200 times. Of course. Those of you who are playing at home know that CC is the Roman numeral for 200. So the Super CC Award, proudly sponsored by Doritos, uh, obviously, <laughs> is um, our nominations are um, we, we love talking about NRL player scandals. We have discussed International Rugby League over 200 times. We have complained about Mitchell Pierce over 200 times. But Tish, those are our nominations. What is the actual winner of the Super CC Award? Well, the winner is... Let me grab my envelope here and my glasses. LA. It is... <laughs> La La Land. No, okay, sorry. The winner is... the fa- Our favourite teams, the Eels and the Tigers. <laughs> right? That's right. That's what we love to them. You know, some people have suggested uh, quite nastily, actually... Uh, you should just change it to the Eels and Tigers show. Uh, we did think about that, but we thought... That's a good nepotism, idea. We thought <laughs> thanks, nepotism... Thanks, Mum. Ne- thanks, Mum. <laughs> nepotism is right in Bollywood. It's right in Hollywood, but not right here in the Rugby League Republic. So we <laughs> we are Eels and Tigers fans, but we also want to talk about other things Rugby League. But Eels and Tigers, our two most favourite topics. Um, and, and really, uh, you know, sometimes I don't watch any other game apart from the Tigers game. So... Uh, 
Um, so that's the truth. So, so the truth is revealed here. That's um, fair enough. That's fair there enough. There we go. Not on the X Files, but on the Rugby League Republic. All right. Our second big bicentennial award is called. Uh, bear with me. It's called the Dequibus Maxime Award, and it's for our most talked about topic. So this, I think, is a level above the 200 uh, club. There, our nominations are Cameron Smith. Obviously, <laughs> he's up there as one of our most talked about topics. Rugby league name change. We've talked about that many, many times as well. And international rugby league is another topic that is one of our most talked about topics. But Tish, what is the winner of the Dequibi Maximi Award for most talked about topic? All right, let's get the Dequibi Maximi Award uh, out here. And uh, the winner is the opposite of... Uh, compression expansion, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Expansion, the enemy of com- compression. Uh, we love to talk about expansion. New states, new clubs, new territories, new countries, anything new. Uh, old things are old, new things are new. Uh, we even talked about even having a 10th Sydney team if we could just expand. Uh, that's how desperate we are for expansion. Um, is there any place in the globe we still have not talked about uh, pioneering a rugby league team, Dr. T. I don't think so, but uh, maybe Mars is our next next topic to bring up for expansion. Well, look, I think I think um, that time that, that Donald, former President Donald Trump was thinking of buying Greenland, I think we were thinking the Canberra Raiders could have been uh, relocated there. Green Machine, Greenland. I mean, yeah. you know, this is the next uh, frontier for expansion is, uh, is continents that are currently uh, under ice. And the, with the global warming, uh, are going to become new areas for expansion. So rugby league needs to get PVL get onto it. Um, you know, Antarctica, the Antarctica Ice Huskies uh, are the next team on the on the radar. There you go. All right, our third bicentennial award, uh, three out of third out of four, is the Sumo Memento Award for best moment, and our nominations are. Firstly, doing a live reaction after an origin match. So I think that's, uh, you know, one of our best moments is doing that. And also another nomination is discussing Toronto Wolfpack, making it to the UK Super League. But look, the winner, Tish, drumroll please, of the Sumo Memento Award for the best moment in our podcast is over to you. Tonga beating the Kangaroos. And what a moment. I remember when the full-time whistle rang, I think there was at least five minutes of of euphoria slash silence all over the rugby league world. You know, a uh, you know a level two team beating a level one team, essentially, even though Tonga has kind of proven itself against other clubs. Finally, the, uh, you know, a Pacific Island nation, um, one that was kind of in the doldrums, have, have come out of nowhere and with this revolution has absolutely, uh, you know, gone and beat uh, the, the reigning world champions. Um, what an amazing uh, feat. And I believe that's the last uh, rugby league test match Australia has played because ever since the pandemic, they haven't played any other test matches. So, um, yeah, at the moment, Tonga, uh, you know, uh, us top of the world when it comes to rugby league, um, which is absolutely amazing. Um I've got to say, some of these others, uh, others. this is a really close one because I think 
the live reactions to the origin matches um yeah plus doing our new shows and things like that um definitely part of it so yeah dr t Absolutely. And look, here is our final Bicentennial Award in the Rugby League Republic and our big Bicentennial 200th episode. This is called the Lordum Amplissimi Award for our proudest accomplishment. So we've got, look, we've definitely done a few things that we're very, very proud of, but we thought we'd highlight some of the big ones here uh, as we wrap up this podcast. So the nominations for the Lordum Amplissimi Amplissimi Award for our proudest accomplishment are, look, one of them is Steve Mascord following us on Twitter. <laughs> I think that's wow. uh, we look. We talk about him all the time, and we follow. We we certainly have a lot of respect for his views. So to have him reciprocate that uh, that kind of attention is is on social media was pretty good. Um, our next kind of uh, nomination is. Uh, us starting our new special series this year, or sorry, last year, our greatest rivalries and almost fairy tales are our two new kind of special series. People seem to like them, and we're very, very proud uh, of of what we've done to bring those uh, special podcasts together. And finally, uh, as a nomination, uh, being able to provide free content is another thing that we're extremely proud of. Um, you know, like we do this for free. We don't get any money from it, and we are – very happy to provide this as free content and and just sort of two people just having fun talking mm. about rugby league and we just love sharing it with you guys. We just love having fun. That's what this is all about. But Tish, those are our nominations. But who is the winner or what is the winner of the Loud Lordum Amplissimi Award for our proudest accomplishment? Over yep. to you, Tish. Well, this was a hard one, but I think uh, this award definitely goes out to maintaining thousands and thousands of listeners consistently listening over the five years so big thank you to our you know our our fans out there who have been listening we thought nobody would actually listen to the show sometimes we just do the show um because you know we want to talk about rugby league and uh, there isn't that type of avenue so the fact that other people are listening to us is absolutely amazing and plus the numbers keep growing and uh yeah big thanks to all of you out there but yeah, maintaining these thousands and thousands of uh, listeners. And I think some of the feedback people that have written us feedback, we have, you know, we've been able to, uh, you know, build a bit of a relationship with some of these people. Thank you very much. But, but Dr. T, any, any words on that winner? No, I think, look, I, I think that sums it up nicely, Tish. I think uh, that's one of the things that we, we definitely are most proud of this, uh, the fact that we've got a growing listenership and we've got fans that, from all over the world, actually, who listen into us and have been listening for a while, and and we love getting feedback from people, uh, except for those people who uh, who diss us. <laughs> uh, yeah, screw screw you guys. We're not listening to you. But for the rest of you, we love listening to the positive comments and constructive criticism. So, look, we're we're um, all on board. This, so yeah, thank you very much. This is all about the fans. So this, uh, to me, that's our proudest accomplishment. The fact that there are people out there listening to us and what we talk about and our shenanigans and who aren't completely turned off by it. And I think that's pretty good. So well done. Um, Yeah. So that kind of wraps up the formal part of our, our bicentennial, big bicentennial podcast episode. But before we go, uh, as per usual, we, we, we are going to talk about our quick tips for round 12, I believe of the NRL that's coming up. 
And uh, so, yeah, last week we didn't do so well. I got three out of eight and you got four out of eight, which brings my total to 57 and yours to 50. But as we head off, let's do our as our last kind of um, obligation to our fans is to give our quick tips on the next round of NRL games. Uh, without any further ado, let's jump into it. So here we go. Uh, Broncos v Storm. I think I'm going the Storm. Didn't I say don't discount Melbourne Storm? <laughs> yes, don't discount them. So let's let's stick with it. I'm going to stick with the Melbourne Storm as well. No worries. Cowboys and Warriors. Uh, I look. I'm I'm thinking that the Warriors will win this one. Yep. Look in the um, Todd Payton plate. I'm going to tip the Cowboys. <laughs> All right, that should be a good one. Tigers versus Dragons. Look, both obviously Dragons have been riding a bit higher this year, but um, I'm look. I'm going to tip the Dragons. Yeah, look, um, I am going to tip the Tigers. I'm not surprised. <laughs> this could be a tough one, Tish. Panthers versus the Bulldogs. Uh, <laughs> no, look, seriously, Panthers are going to absolutely smash them. Um, well. Yeah, I mean the Panthers absolutely destroyed South Sydney, who are running third, right? So, so <laughs> look, I, I obviously tipping the Panthers on this one. Um, I'm just getting out the NRL rap because uh, app because I did see something very interesting about this particular game in terms of the betting. Uh, the Bulldogs are twenty one dollars to win this game. Wow, <laughs> which is like absolutely amazing. But yeah, look, uh, yeah, definitely Panthers for mine. Yeah, red hot favourites there, and with good reason. Uh, Rabbitohs versus Eels. Um, look, I'm going to tip the Eels, but I'm not that confident. Yeah, this is a bounce back for both. I'm going to tip the Rabbitohs. You know, the Rabbitohs lost really bad last weekend. Um, just what you've heard on the news about how disappointed they are. You haven't really heard that from Parramatta, and I just wonder if they really uh, have they even realised they lost last week. Like, like they should be up in arms, right? So. Um, yeah, yeah, they're just kind of sliding that under the carpet. Really weird. But um, all right. The next one is Roosters v Raiders. Um, look, I know Roosters lost a shock loss to the Broncos, but I think I think they'll bounce back. Yeah. Look, I am going to. Oh, I'm going to. I'm going to tip the Raiders on this one. A bit of a <laughs> bit of an upset. Look, they've just lost their halfback. The Roosters uh, without Victor Radley, uh, I think. I think that the Raiders are, are going to win this one. Sharks v Titans. Um, I think the Titans, you know, despite the fact the Sharks have kind of regained some form recently, they. Um, I think the Titans have got it over them this year. Yeah, I'm going to tip the Titans in this one, and it's probably going to be one of the closer games of the round. So yeah, Titans yeah. for me. And look, traditional, uh, I guess you could say local derby, the Knights versus the Seagulls. Um, look, after what the Seagulls did to my uh, my Eels last weekend, I am tipping them uh, as long as Tommy Turbo stays fit. Yeah, look, I think their winning streak is like uh, five or six in a row with the Seagulls, so I'm going to tip the Seagulls. Um, the Knights, uh, yeah, I think there's... Too much drama happening with them at the moment. So, uh, yeah. 
All right, well, that wraps up our tips for round 12 of the NRL, and that wraps up our big Bicentennial 200th episode. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, Don't forget to find us on the usual channels in social media, and if you want, send us an email, ararepublic at gmail.com with any feedback. We welcome all feedback, and we look at ways that we can improve this podcast. But look, Tish, for the 200th time, I'll hand over to you to wrap up this uh, big bicentennial episode. And before we do, thank you once again, Tish, for being my partner in crime for the last 200 episodes. We have certainly enjoyed the ride. But, um, yeah, for the 200th time, I'll give you the last word and uh, a chance to wrap things up. Yes, well, thank you, Dr. T. Now, uh, just before we wrap up as well, I just wanted to make a quick little announcement about this week's uh, NRL round. It is the Indigenous Rugby League round. So, um, yeah, please support your clubs. Please support everything the NRL is doing around um, First Nations people. You know the the NRL. Uh, you know uh, round. You know to celebrate indi- Indigenous Indigenous culture. I think twelve percent of current NRL players come from an indi- Indigenous background. Um, and you know previous Daily M winners, Jonathan Thurston. Um, you know, players like, um, you know, Cliff Lyons and Sam Thider and Scott Prince, all the, you know, 300 gamers and all that are, are going to be, um, you know, sort of paid tribute to. So uh, well done to the NRL with the Indigenous round. Uh, yeah, go out and support it. But look, Dr. T, thank you very much for these last 200 years, uh, 200 episodes, <laughs> 200 episodes. Feels like, and feels like years. And my 200 stuff ups, but look, um, it's been a great show, and uh, yeah, it's been a great 200, and uh, yeah, you know, onwards and upwards, I'd say. But look, that's all the time that we have for this episode of the Rugby League Republic. Your, we are your hosts, Tish and Doctor T. Join us next time for show 201. Bye for now.